four, three. Hi, and welcome to another edition of the Gobeski Wallace Report. I'm Adam Gobeski. And I'm Charlie Wallace. And we have uh, one of our semi-regular guest voices. So we'll let him introduce himself. Hey, I'm Doug Gobeski. Hey. Hold on. Should I be, should I try and make it louder still? No, you're fine. Is this okay? You're fine. The biggest problem we have is just the the robot thing, which is just the Skype connection. So, well, it just means that the robot revolution is still in progress. Mm-hmm. As I said, they're trying to turn our voices into theirs. Ah, uh, I believe that's stage one. <laughs> get them, get get us to identify with them. <laughs> I was gonna say this time the revolution will be skyped. That's the tagline for the Gobeski Wallace Report: colon the movie. <laughs> How could that not be the most boring thing ever? Honestly, it would just be our <laughs> podcast. We'd have to lip sync to our own podcast while being videotaped. That's basically what the movie would be, right? Sometimes in the same room, sometimes in other rooms. Well, I guess what it could be is that like we we are enacting like an action movie, but dubbed over that is one of our podcasts that we have to lip sync to as we do action movie things. Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> so, you know, I... I burst into it and I say something like, so tell me about your trip to cops food the other day. <laughs> and you're like shooting people and like, yeah, there was this guy there. He was just really annoying or whatever. <laughs> I'm not sure if this is the way I want to go, but I'm kind of being kind of imagining in my head like a Dr. Cat sort of thing. Squiggle vision? Squiggle vision, yeah. Where you have a comic sitting on the couch like doing his routine and then they just have the crazy... Videos going over top of it of what's going on. Do, do you, uh, I don't know if you read crack.com at all. No. So I, do. I think it was, it was actually yesterday. Tom Snyder had a little bit about him like creating a snake, squiggle vision. Mm-hmm. And apparently at one point they delivered like the first episode and Comedy Central said, This is really great. Uh, when are you going to deliver the finished product? Because they thought they'd received like an animatic or something because the animation was so poor. <laughs> And apparently Tom Snyder got upset and said, basically, uh, that is the finished product and don't expect anything else and don't expect us to follow any of your notes ever again. (laughs) It wasn't clear if he had actually said that or if he was just joking after the fact that he'd said that. Yeah, but in any event. (laughs) Like, it was enough that I was a little bit unclear on which one it was. But I thought the story of the Comedy Central exec going, so, when are you going to make a good version of this? <laughs> was entertaining. I think Bill of Idiot Rights would work pretty well in that. <laughs> in Squiggle Vision. That would be entertaining. <laughs> That's pretty easy to do, right? The whole idea behind Squiggle Vision is that you're drawing every frame but not trying to line them up. Is that how they do it? Uh, yeah, it's something like that. Just kind of freehanding everything very quickly? Yeah, well, it was something related to the fact that Tom Snyder has, like, a natural tremor in his hand, so he can't draw straight lines. Oh, really? Oh, that's kind of amusing. I didn't know that. that that's hearsay. It may not actually okay. be true. Okay. But it's hearsay from Tom Snyder. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that makes it more valid for our Wikipedia citations, but... See, the thing about the Bill of Idiot Rights podcast is that's actually that'd actually probably be a good candidate for illustrating what we're actually describing. Yes, exactly. As opposed to what I'm sort of envisioning, which is just a generic sort of 80s, late 80s action movie with completely 
non sequitur dialogue superimposed on top. <laughs> well, it could be like a, a segmented movie with different sections for each different episode with a different style. Those things don't tend to work very well on the big screen, but I've seen a few of them. I was going to say, what do you think you are? Woody Allen? <laughs> I assume that we just make this as a, a Netflix exclusive series. <laughs> it would have to be, yes. It would also have to be very low budget. I think that's our key to getting in. Uh, we charge uh, 15 bucks an episode? What do you think? <laughs> I think I determined once that the final cost for Pool Dreams was like 1340 <laughs> Based on what? Energy costs? Time? Are we billing? <laughs> that was that was the cost it took to rent two sets of pool balls and cues. Oh, at the at the UQ. Let's <laughs> <laughs> say it was free at most of the dorms. <laughs> so, what's going on with you? Uh, you meaning me? Sure. Uh, Car's family was in town this weekend, so her mom and her brother, sister-in-law, and niece and nephew. We went to a huh. corn maze and we carved pumpkins. Oh, I'm impressed. Why? That you could do all that and work on a birthday comic? Yeah, it's amazing, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Just wait. Just wait. It's going to be worth the wait. Why? Because you're going to turn in a finished product with, like, pumpkin guts smeared on it? Mm-hmm. The birthday comic. <laughs> yes, yes. I created it. I printed it out. But then we carved <laughs> pumpkins on it. And then I scanned it back in. <laughs> I didn't even know how to respond to that. <laughs> you realize your birthday comic will have some sort of reference to that in it now, right? <laughs> Man, I hope so. But no one will get. <laughs> That's probably what I'll well, do. Just off in the corner, there's like a little bit of pumpkin guts or something like that. <laughs> just Photoshop a layer on. <laughs> so, uh... Doug and I were talking yesterday, and we were discussing one of the most underrated movies of the last decade. What was I saying? Underrated movie? Oh, yes. R-rated movies. No, no, no. Underrated. Underwritten movies? No, no, no. It's PG-13, so it's... I, look, I'm sure someone underwrote it. Sure, that's, <laughs> that's probably how those... I don't even know what underwritten means. You know... Ugh. I don't, I don't remember what we're talking about. I guess I can't get into the spirit of these things. <laughs> Gosh darn it! Oh wait, that's what we were going to talk about—the spirit. <sighs> <laughs> Just one long suffering sigh. <laughs> oh, so yeah, uh, you made me watch that, right? Or we watched it together. I don't think you forced me to. I. Uh allowed you to partake in its glory (laughs) so this seems to be a movie that is very i think i think pand is probably a a reasonable character right sure more or less universally panned movie and i have to ask were were they expecting something like sin city that's what i was thinking about too is everybody must have been expecting the same movie you know with the same sort of sensibilities and when that didn't end up being the exact same thing People were a little upset. I so guess. people who, who who don't know, uh, Frank Miller uh, was the director of Sin City, co-director. I don't remember exactly how that falls down. But he then subsequently directed a movie called The Spirit, which is based on a, I think, like 30s, 40s comics uh, strip character. Fact check. Uh, Spirit was his 
first movie that he was directing, and Spirit was 40s. Okay. I read up a little bit recently. Mm -hmm. Thank you for the fact check. Glad somebody was prepared for this podcast. (laughs) Hey, you know how much I prepare for these things. Uh, We sit on air trying to work out what we're going to talk about. (laughs) We've had entire podcasts that have just been us going, uh, what about this? (laughs) That's the charm. I admit it. Including, I assume, this one. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, so I think a lot of people were expecting a movie... Very similar to Sin City. And certainly, uh, visually, it's a similar style. But I gotta say that were people, like, taking this movie seriously and being really unhappy the whole time? Because I don't understand how you could watch this movie and not just be immensely entertained by it. The first 15 or 20 minutes, I can imagine you being disappointed. But how could you not get on board by that point, right? Like, how could your expectations not be adjusted what, Doug, was it you? Was it you who was describing to me at one point during their initial fight scene when you decided you knew what kind of movie this was? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Because I, I went and saw it in the theaters with you. Right. And I, I, I had no idea what to expect other than comic book movie. I think it was where uh, Samuel L. Jackson as the octopus slams a toilet down over Gabriel Macht as the spirit over his head. And he just like stands there looking at him, he's like, what? Toilets are always funny. <laughs> <laughs> and then there were people who saw that and were like, this movie's stupid. And I mean, they were right, but it's entertaining. I guess I just wanted to say to people that The Spirit is an underrated classic and you should go see it. You should watch it. But don't take it seriously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Another movie news, I was reading the New York Times and they had a review of a movie I, I hadn't actually heard of. It was called uh, The Counselor, which just came out and it was directed directed by Ridley Scott and the screenwriter was Cormac McCarthy, who also wrote uh, No Country for Old Men. Not the screenplay for that, but the actual book. Um, so he's yeah, a pretty this, well-respected this movie, uh, writer. Let me just interrupt you. So, go ahead. Yeah, th- this movie they've been trailing during The Daily Show for, I think... A month. Oh, really? At least. To the point that Brienne refuses to even consider seeing it. So sick of that trailer. Well, I, I hadn't heard of the movie at all, and I read the New York Times review of it, and it was absolutely glowing. It was. It kind of made me want to go see the movie, which I probably wouldn't have wanted to see otherwise. But then I subsequently read several other reviews, like 10 other reviews of it, and all of them, some of them even say it's the worst movie they've ever seen. Wow. I've never seen... Wow. St- such uh, seen so much polarity about one movie <laughs> but actually it turns out it was the new york times was about the only one that right uh wrote a good review about it <laughs> they'd said at one point it was like you can tell that cormac mccarthy has never taken a screenwriting class or never read any books about screenwriting and he, he says in parentheses that's a good thing <laughs> but everybody else is like who wrote this <laughs> this is this is awful i've hated every minute of it <laughs> <laughs> so that almost makes me want to watch it even more <laughs> Yeah, maybe not full price at Sundance. And it wouldn't be like a haha, this is a hilarious bad movie. It'd be like kind of a what was anybody thinking about <laughs> when they made this thing sort of movie. But it's got a lot of like big name actors in it, like Brad Pitt's in it, Cameron Diaz, yeah. Javier Bardem. Does Javier Bardem have ridiculous hair in this movie? I think he does, yes. Okay. Might be worth watching. <laughs> is is that the criterion? Well, Skyfall was good. 
No Country for Old Men was really good. He had pretty hilarious hair. I enjoyed that. What about, uh, is it Vicky Cristina Barcelona that he's in? I think he had normal hair in that. I'm told that movie sucks. I want to say that Dad watched that movie, and like I was in the room and watching you know, parts of it, and I was like, this is terrible. Well, it was, it was Woody Allen. <laughs> <laughs> he was in Eat, Pray, Love, Normal Hair, Sucked. So I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so what movies are coming up that he's in that we could uh, oh, attempt yeah. to classify? I never know he's in a movie until it comes out. There's nothing of his that I'm anticipating ever. Maybe he's an Ender's Game with everyone else. Oh, who's an Ender's Game? I mean... Harrison Ford. Is he everyone else? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who else would you want to see other than Javier Bardem? Harrison Ford. He plays not Ender. <laughs> uh, which was an oversight on the casting director's part. I really think he should have played Ender. <laughs> Uh, the only other movie Wikipedia is showing him in is something called The Gunman with Sean Penn. Mm. No, no word on his hairstyle. So I'm expecting gritty crime drama. Oh, it does co-star Idris Elba. So, so it could either be gritty crime drama or bizarre superhero movie. <laughs> <laughs> He's in three superhero movies. Well, two of them are Thor movies, right? Yeah, but he's also in Ghost Rider too. But that was really surprising when I saw him in Thor because I didn't know he was in it. And then I was like, oh, okay, that's Idris Elba. That's cool. He's in it for like five minutes, right? Yeah, basically. <laughs> I remember when the internet was up in arms about that casting. Why? Because he's black. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, they were like, Norse gods couldn't possibly be black. And everyone is what the racists of the internet said. And basically everyone was like, who cares? <laughs> Uh, wow if it ruins the movie for you you deserve it (laughs) i mean it it, i don't think it was to the extent that people complained about uh say the hunger games and the casting of some of those characters oh yeah yeah it might be on the level of the rumored fantastic four remake which was what they were discussing casting a black actor as uh johnny storm oh okay i think johnny storm Uh uh-huh yeah I saw that cracked article as well. Oh, was that where I saw that? Yeah, it was a cracked article. So it may it's one of those things where it's like it's so pre-production, the rumors are that, I mean, they may or may not be true. Because I think I saw a cracked article claiming controversy over Black RoboCop, and I want to say that no, that's no, not right. No, 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 no. It's, it's not that the actor playing RoboCop is black. It's that the costume itself is a black costume rather than a metallic costume. Uh, Gunmetal gray. That would explain why that's, the. Uh, that explain why that article about. made no darn sense. <laughs> I guess the question that occurs to me off the bat, knowing nothing more about this, although I guess I could look these things up, is that uh, if Johnny Storm is going to be black, does that mean that uh, Susan Storm? Thank you. I told you. His sister Susan Storm is going to be black, or are they going to say they're not sisters? Y- siblings. You just said sisters. Uh, well, maybe they're also going to make him more effeminate. Gosh darn it. <laughs> <laughs> no, for my part, I don't have a problem with Johnny Storm being black so long as Susan Storm is also black. I think be adopted. Well, according to Wikipedia, these are very white actresses being tested for Sue Storm. I see. 
that just seems kind of like weird. Like 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 Sersha Ronan. I'm not familiar with who that is. Uh, she was the girl in Hannah. Was that the name of that movie? Oh yeah. With like the kid assassin or whatever. Uh, Kate Mara, who's not Kate O'Mara, but who again? <laughs> Help me out here. Uh, not anything I recognize. So just some actress. And then the only guy being mentioned for Johnny Storm is a person named Michael B. Jordan, who's apparently best known for Teenage Drug Wallace on The Wire. Oh, okay. I don't know Wallace on the Wire. Oh, oh. The television show The Wire. The Wire. (laughs) It's not a show called Wallace Wallace on on the Wire. wire. (laughs) (laughs) But they are definitely doing a Fantastic Four reboot. Yes. Well, I believe that 20th Century Fox has to, or else they will lose the rights to the Fantastic Four and it'll revert to Marvel. Oh, like Studios. back in and the... They, yeah. <laughs> and they do. They more or less do not want that to happen. That, that's the same reason that Daredevil is apparently getting a reboot. Oh, wow. So that um, 20th Century doesn't lose the, the rights to Daredevil. Now, do they have to make something that's worthwhile? Can't they... Do they have to release a film? Oh, Thinking I, about the that's... previous Fantastic Four movie, aren't you? Yeah, legendarily. The one where they didn't even tell the actors and actresses in the movie that the, this movie would never see the light of day. Oh, geez. Well, do you even have to pretend like that's what's going to happen? Like, can you just say, all right, day one of one shooting Fantastic Four, give nobody any costumes, have a bunch of interns walk around for five minutes and say, there we go, that's our movie. I feel like you could be sued for that. Yeah, because I, I, according to this, uh, to this day, the original Fantastic Four, they still technically deny it was designed to just retain the, the rights. They were just, they went to make a Fantastic Four movie, and oh, turns out at the end of making it, it was atrociously bad. No one could have seen this coming. That's the story, and they're sticking to it, right? Guess so. So do we know, anyway, do we know if the new movie is going to follow that line, or is it going to follow more the line of the other two that we're familiar with? So according to Wikipedia, again, we know that this movie exists in pre-production. They've hired a couple screenwriters, uh, some guy I've never heard of is directing. This film will exist in the same universe with the X-Men film series. Oh. Oh, apparently the director is the guy who directed Chronicle the documentary about quote-unquote about the kids that discovered or gained superpowers and then one of them goes crazy oh i've heard of that movie i i'm not even aware of when it came out or i never saw any trailers even though pretty much Uh, i'm aware of it from cracked articles (laughs) i remember i remember the trailers i didn't actually see it supposedly it's a it's a decent movie oh yeah because basically all the studios that still held rights to Marvel properties in the wake of the Avengers and all the crossovers, are, <laughs> which is, I think, 20th Century Fox and Columbia, are basically trying to sort of um, do the same thing with their Marvel properties as the Avengers did, regardless of the of how much it does not make sense. <laughs> so that's why we are, we're apparently going to get Fantastic Four and Daredevil crossovers. <laughs> I think Columbia might only own Spider-Man right now so so i guess there's less for them to do and on that front i mean to be fair the whole making movie just so hang on to the rights not such a bad thing because i don't know about you guys but i thoroughly enjoyed the new spider-man movie ah, i have it 
sitting downstairs and I haven't watched it yet. Uh, I don't think that was... Re- I enjoyed it too, but I don't think that was made to hang on to the right so much as the last three Spider-Mans were successful at the box office, regardless of how critics uh, interpreted the third movie. It was still <laughs> it was still a success at the box office, so they obviously want to keep, you know, milking that cow. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's different from, like, Daredevil, which is, you know, was not <laughs> a box office blast. <laughs> so bad that when they announced Ben Affleck was going to be uh, the new Batman, people were like, what? But he was terrible in Daredevil. <laughs> Looking at other properties, apparently the rights to the Punisher reverted to Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't make any placeholder movies for that one. <laughs> well, they made the Punisher Warzone in 2008, which I've heard is an amazing bad movie. Oh, so all right. You should probably check that out we at should. some point. <laughs> the only thing I remember from uh, the Thomas Jane Punisher which I think was just called The Punisher, right? was him having a guy strung up like a piece of meat and jamming a popsicle into the guy's back as torture. (laughs) I don't remember that. He was trying to make the guy think that he was like jamming, I don't know, a red hot poker into his back, but it was just a popsicle. (laughs) It's like, ah, temperature change. I wonder who owns the rights to Howard the Duck. I don't know if that matters. <laughs> Heck, I could, I could own Howard the Duck. <laughs> it wouldn't matter. I'm making just as much money off of it as anybody else. Uh, so you guys gone to the theater and saw anything interesting lately? Nope. Last thing I saw was, uh, uh, hold on, I was in that theater, and we watched... Oh, uh, Riddick. That's what I saw. Oh, how was that? It was pretty good. Yeah, I would, I would think so. I had heard at one point it was supposed to be a prequel. Uh-huh. And uh, it makes not much sense as a prequel, but if you consider it as the sequel, I assume it's supposed to be. <laughs> Wait, sequel to Pitch Black or sequel to Chronicles of Riddick? Yes. Gosh darn it. Where should I be considering it to fit in? I believe it's three of three, if we don't oh. count the cartoon movie. There was a cartoon movie? Apparently, because they were selling the Riddick trilogy at Target, and that was how they got to three at that point. <laughs> I went to see Blue Jasmine, which is a Woody Allen film, and I can safely say it is the best Andrew Dice Clay movie I've ever seen. Have you seen Ford Fairlane? I have. Blue Jasmine is one of two. Uh, I want to know what else Andrew Dice Clay is. <laughs> have you seen Ford Fairlane? I have not. Oh, gosh. I've, I've seen advertisements. <laughs> All right. What is. Wow. He's in a lot of stuff. Andrew Dice Clay's in Pretty in Pink. Oh, is he? As Andrew Dice Clay, probably? As as Bouncer. Bouncer. Yeah, so pretty much Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> He's also in One Night at McCool's. Yeah, because everyone saw that one. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he, he turned out a surprisingly good performance, actually, in Blue Jasmine. It was a pretty good movie. I know Doug isn't necessarily a huge fan of Woody Allen. I think I'd say about 25% of Woody Allen's movies are very, very, very good. And the rest are just the opposite, usually. You know, that's probably accurate for me as well. Like, uh, I think it was what is is one of his first ones. might have been his first one, Take the Money and Run. Oh, I haven't seen that. It's a TV one, technically. Oh, that one was pretty darn good. Mm. Jade Scorpion was also surprisingly good. Mm. That was the one with Helen Hunt. Yep. 
Oh, and uh, Andrew Dice Clay was also on season two of The Celebrity Apprentice. <laughs> <laughs> he was the first one fired. <laughs> <laughs> That's too bad. So who else? I know Penn Jillette has been on that. I think Stephen Baldwin has been on that. I just people that I know have been on that show. <laughs> Gary Busey, I'm Gary sure. Busey. Yeah, what's he been up to? Well, uh, after Crazy. he founded his uh, college at Wisconsin, the Wisconsin School of Business. <laughs> have we talked about that at the podcast yet? I think we've just tweeted about it. Okay, <laughs> and no one got it. It's not a real thing, is it? <laughs> Like, I think I saw that tweet, and I was just like, what? It's a wordplay thing in which you have to see the word business in front of yourself. <laughs> and here pronounced as business. So it doesn't actually translate well at all to anything. It's a, you had to be there at the time, but Adam and I are going to keep telling the joke anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you learn how to be like Gary Busey. Or you could learn how to be like Jake Busey. Oh, don't you want to be like Jake Busey? Isn't he just trying to be like his father anyway? Yeah, well. Why do you want to be like someone trying to be like someone else? That's that's too meta. Well, you get to be in, in other things. You get to be in, uh, he's in Starship Troopers. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it, right? <laughs> he's also in The Frighteners, which I watched last night or two nights ago, which is the only reason I remember that. <laughs> And I've after seen that, both of those movies, and I have no idea who Jake Busey is. Do you remember the Frighteners? Only vaguely. Well, he's the main. He's the bad guy. He's the serial killer. How about Starship Troopers? Private Ace Levy. See the guy who gets his head shot open. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> In the training sequence. It uh, it does not tell you on Wikipedia how people die. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it should. <laughs> maybe if he'd actually died. That would tell you. Then you should do that. Oh. You should go through. <laughs> just go on Wikipedia. Yeah. Go through all the just movies. Add a column. By the way, yeah. Uh, just add a table in there that explains how every character died. <laughs> Survived. Survived. That'd actually be fairly useful. <laughs> I mean, for horror movies, for example. Yes. For horror movies, it's probably there. But for Beverly Hills Chihuahua 3, Viva La Fiesta, <laughs> which he plays Oscar, that appears to be his most recent movie. Oh, he was okay. He's actually in that. <laughs> I thought you were just using that as an example of a movie where characters might die. <laughs> well, he's also in Nazis at the Center of the Earth. Oh. A group of researchers in Antarctica are abducted by a platoon of gas mask soldiers wearing swastika armbands and dragged into a hidden environment in the center of the earth. There they discover that Dr. Joseph Mengele and a group of surviving Nazi soldiers are plotting an invasion of Earth to create a fourth Reich. Is that is that by the same people who did Iron Sky? It shares similarities with the film Iron Sky, I'm being told. <laughs> is Iron Sky the Nazis on the moon? Yes, the Nazis on the dark they're side. Like, of they're on the, the dark side of the moon, yeah. An audience reaction to the film has been mixed with everything from... <laughs> absolute garbage to the Citizen Kane of the distributor's films. <laughs> Wait, what? Stephanie Paul as the President of the United States, parentheses, a parody of Sarah Palin. Yeah, that was in there. It was such a weird movie. There's a sequel? Really? Iron Sky, The Coming Race. And this installment will be completely funded by fans. 
Uh, <laughs> oh, so Kickstarter, I'm guessing. <laughs> hey, it worked for Veronica Mars, right? Somehow. <laughs> I guess I don't know anything about Veronica Mars. Did the like did the series end on a cliffhanger or something? It just ended early. I don't think it ended on a cliffhanger. I think people just really liked it and it didn't stick around for long enough. By all rights, mm. it's supposedly very good, but I haven't watched it either. It sounds like a stupid, uh, you know, teen detective thing on the CW, right? But people really liked it. Obviously. They like it better than they like Melissa Joan Hart. Her Kickstarter for her movie <laughs> did not get funded. What uh, what movie was that? Some original movie. Oh, so, well, it wasn't, yeah. Was Sabrina the middle-aged witch? <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> it would probably be more accurate to decide if random original Melissa Joan Hart project wins out over random original Kristen Bell project. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> or Veronica Mars versus Sabrina the middle-aged witch, as Doug just said. That's a good Halloween costume, too. <laughs> <laughs> Nope, already got my Halloween costume planned. <laughs> the layered Avengers. Because <laughs> <laughs> you could put a light onto your to be Iron Man, and Thor's hammer, the two masks. Uh, how do you do Black Widow? Cat suit. Yeah, I guess you have to. <laughs> Maybe that would work better for a woman than for me. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, for myself, it's like, I'm not quite fit enough to pull that off. <laughs> wear a wig well i guess if you're trying to scare kids <laughs> <laughs> yeah we put up our uh, halloween decorations again there's one that's just a hanging skeleton it's about you know maybe a foot and a half tall and we almost never get any trick-or-treaters and i think we got like three last year and one of the kids came up to our door rang the doorbell said trick-or-treat and as he was leaving said by the way you need to take down that skeleton it's too scary <laughs> what in exactly that voice too just matter of fact like, he wasn't worried about himself, but of other children. <laughs> Is it a scary skeleton? No, it's like a plastic skeleton. <laughs> just one of the ones you would just buy at, yes. like, the dollar store yes. or whatever. Sort of like the underlying uh, story that, like, yeah, the other kids were going to come to your house, but they saw that skeleton. I was the only one who would go. <laughs> <laughs> Any other good ideas for Halloween costumes? Uh, one Halloween idea that I had... Would, would be to go as Professor Layton. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you would need a little bit of time to pull that one off, but yeah. Yeah. As with many costumes, you'd have to deal with the fact that almost no one would know who you were. You'd have to take pride in the once or twice in that evening where somebody was like, oh, yeah, I like that. And everyone else is like, oh, who are you supposed to be? And I just say, I'm, I'm a gentleman. <laughs> yeah. it, it would have to an be oversized more than hat. just the costume. It would have to be the performance art half of it, too. Well, I would just have to get a, a little kid, like a relative or one of Brianne's friend's children, to dress as Luke and follow me around. <laughs> I love the thrill of a good solution. <laughs> <laughs> just go up to ring doorbells. There is no puzzle without an answer. <laughs> no but so i started playing the latest professor layton game which is the first game for the 3ds and it is creepy how so what uh because what they've attempted to do is take the the 2d cartoon art and turn it into 3d characters it reminds me of nothing quite so much as the fourth monkey island game escape from monkey island which was the first game where they were all in like 3d and stuff so like luke 
never looks at what he's supposed to be looking. He just sort of stares straight ahead at you, regardless of what, whether or not he's pointing up, he's still staring at you. Because <laughs> the pupils in his eyes don't move. Like for Professor Layton, it's not a big deal because all he is is dots for his eyes. But yeah. like for Luke, which has like pupils and things, and they just stare blankly at you. <laughs> but then like there will be cutscenes and they'll be animated and they'll just be like, like shifted layers, levels to do the 3D effect, but it's still 2D. Hmm. And I'm like, why didn't you just do the whole game like this? Why are we doing this weird, creepy, soulless puppet thing? <laughs> it's also got, it's also changed face slightly for, as far as I can tell, no reason whatsoever, which is sort of annoying. But I assume that's just me griping rather than an actual problem. Yeah. How many games then is Professor Layton now? This Five? is the fifth. Okay. This is the fifth game, and this, the sixth game is coming out next year. And then the sixth and a half game is also coming out next year. Half meaning? Professor Layton versus Phoenix Wright. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Just which is like they reached into my dreams and created a video game just for me. (laughs) (laughs) I assume it will therefore be terrible. (laughs) Characters from Phoenix Wright would probably be good costumes as well. There's a Phoenix Wright movie in Japan, like a live action movie. Oh, really? Yeah. the guy playing the, pretty good. Yeah, I suppose I've heard that. And the guy playing the main character like actually like spikes his hair like just like Phoenix Wright does. <laughs> yeah. Well, getting back to the uh, Halloween stuff, oh, yeah. I myself am going to go as the spirit for Halloween. Oh, really? All right. That, that ties everything together nicely. So speaking <laughs> of costumes that only two people will get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all, everyone at the uh, Halloween party will be like, what is with this creepy guy getting up on all these women? <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're doing it. <laughs> what are you doing for Halloween, Charlie? Uh, I'm actually doing a whole lot of nothing this year. Really? Because usually you're you're right up in there. Yeah, well, if there was going to be a weekend to do it, it would have been this weekend, except that's when Kara's family... It's the only weekend that Kara's family could come into town. And since we're trying to do that every year... Actually, you know, if they hadn't come to town, actually, we would have been... a. <laughs> Jim's wedding, so that's true. <laughs> so, uh, congratulations to Jim Shanks and his lovely bride, Kate. Yeah, congratulations. I I, I assume they listen. Yeah, right? of course. Yeah, congratulations. I'm sorry I couldn't be there. I hope person. if they're going on a honeymoon immediately, that they'll take some of our podcasts along to listen to. <laughs> Isn't that just assumed? Yes. You've, you've got to do something on the flight. <laughs> As romantic background uh, sounds, what? What episode would you suggest? Oh, Romance in the Air, huh? Well, I, I mean, other than this one, which I assume we will now call Romance in the Air. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> disappoint a lot of people. Oh, I had to wait till 50 minutes in. And it's just a joke. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Which of these? All right, I'm scrolling through. I think probably for Romance, the best... The best episode to listen to is probably, well, I like to hedge my bets. <laughs> uh, so it's either going to be Living La Vida Loco Pizza or Shamrock Shakes Are People. <laughs> um, I'm going to ask you to elaborate on that. <laughs> yeah, I was listening to Shamrock Shakes Are People earlier today, and I would definitely like elaboration. <laughs> well, 
Because romance is all about forgetting the things that you've done to other people and choosing to focus only on the best parts. Much how we forgot all the things that we'd done in that podcast and had to recreate it and focus only on the good parts that we'd said. Oh, all right. That's some pretty good BS there. Yeah. Yeah, well, I was an English major. (laughs) (laughs) I guess they could also listen to Go Bob and Snow Job. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't even remember what that one's about. I remember Alex is in it. (laughs) Speaking of romance, I have to re-read a tweet that Charlie posted the other day, which is, quote, polyamory when three isn't a crowd, end quote. Hashtag dumb CNN headlines. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I just... I noted that was a real headline. Yeah, no, I can't get over checking CNN every once in a while now. Like, I used to check it all the time, and then about six, seven years ago, it got, you know, it's an awful website now. Like, you You can't find anything. You can't find anything. The headlines are always, everything is a headline. Even that polyamory one could, if there was a slow news day, they could put that in gigantic letters at the top top of the page. And, you know, famously them jumping the gun on the, uh, Obamacare Supreme Court ruling and the Boston Marathon and the Boston Marathon. Yes. But anyway, I can't help but go to their website like every day, though, and see what the headlines are. (laughs) And then uh, I don't know if I brought this up on the podcast or not. There was a headline that was bear gets head stuck in jar. And it was was just a bear who got his head stuck in a jar and was wandering around some town. (laughs) Okay. I was hoping when I clicked on it, it would be, you know, Winnie the Pooh. But it wasn't. It was an actual bear. And I believe it was the top headline at that time during the day. Yeah, meanwhile, I just keep reading references to Lost Doctor Who episodes that I assume only two other people understand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even one of them. I'm amazed they keep finding these things, though. You'd think, you know, everything would have been lost. But every once in a while... It seems to be basically that they checked a bunch of times, but the way they checked was sort of they asked the people in those countries... Hey, if you got anything, send it to us. And so some people sent some stuff, and some people said we don't have anything. And then recently, like, uh, there's some been some people who've actually been trying to like track down the sales paperwork and follow up where things were actually sent, and have actually themselves been visiting the countries and stuff. Oh wow! So that's how they found the last batch. Was they actually went to a television station in Nigeria that used to be, I think, the head broadcaster for one of the networks, but then. All the networks were nationalized and they became one network. So that place turned into a relay station rather than the main broadcaster. But they didn't ship any of their like archive stuff to the central place in Lagos. So it was just sitting there and no one really knew about it. So basically they'd call, the BBC would call Lagos and they'd say, what do you got? And Nigeria said, well, we don't, we've got a couple heart nails that you want. But other than that, we don't have anything because they weren't looking at their other former stations. As I understand it, at least. But yeah, it happened in Nigeria. That's why I keep making Nigerian bank scam references. Oh. And tying it into (laughs) Doctor Who. All right, so uh, that's it for the Gobeski Wallace Report, I guess. My name is Charlie Wallace. And (laughs) I I guess that makes me... I'm either Adam or Doug. Who should I be? I assume you're Doug, so that... Uh, So I'm Doug Gobeski. And I'm Charlie Wallace. (laughs) See you later. You know, that hurts our branding, you know. What if this is the first episode someone listened to? (laughs) They'll never be able to figure it out.
Make sure to check out our website once again at www.gobeskywallacereport.com. You can also check out our Facebook page, the Gobeski Wallace Report. Oh, right. And we're also now we're on Twitter. And you can follow us at GW Report. So, see you then. Later. Later.